Good morning, and welcome to the Staff Lounge. Good morning, JC. Good morning, Marcy. Oh, we have our coffee. It's not, mine's not iced coffee. I have iced coffee. Well, that leads us into our ABC countdown with the letter I. I should have had iced coffee. You should have. And it's going to be a short one today. One, because it was hard to find a lot of I words. And two, we have some shopping to do. We're going to go to the quilt stores. We are. We're a little crazy. We are, but you know what? When my favorite fabric comes out, (laughs) we're going to be going shopping. Anyways, so let's start with our... Our, our top five eye things. What's mm-hmm. your favorite ice cream? Hagen dazs coffee. Ooh. Straight up, I could eat an entire pint of it. Wow. Um, or maybe I more. like Tillamook mm. uh, chocolate peanut butter. Oh, I could have guessed. That. And I dip into my my jar of uh, Jif, and I get a spoonful of peanut butter, and I add it to it, and I like cut it into it like they do at Cold Stone. I love peanut butter in my ice cream. It is the weirdest thing I know, really? but it is so good. Oh my god, I love the <laughs> smile on your face. Okay. Um, what's your favorite internet site for teacher things? Teacher pay teacher. Yeah, uh, That's so it. I was going to do that, but I'm going Google. Good. Ooh. Yeah, because yeah. I use my Google Docs all the time. Mm-hmm. Google Slides, the pandemic actually taught me like my best teaching skills, mm-hmm. and it was using the slides to uh, focus my students. So yeah. Google for me. And it keeps you on time on time you know like yeah it's there's not so much distractions like next slide but speaking of i love it tpt i did go in the other day and change my email address from away from my school district email because i was like i can't have all that stuff blocked yeah yeah so it's now on my gmail so i'm making some changes like that um what's your favorite iced drink and it doesn't have to be coffee it's not gonna be coffee yeah my favorite iced drink is any kind of freaking diet soda. I know this sounds toxic. My liver is hating me for saying it, but <laughs> I love like a full red solo cup of crushed ice, crushed ice. And then I pop open that top and pour it in there. I know I can't fit the whole can. It totally drives Brian crazy because he's like a two ice man with the rest of the soda in it. I can't handle that. I've got to just keep adding so it's so cold. I love it. Do you, do you use a straw? Nope. Nope. So the ice gets your teeth. Yeah. What's your favorite iced drink? Um, I kind of go back and forth because I do love my iced coffee. Mm-hmm. But if it's like a really hot day and I want to be drinking something cold most of the day, I probably would go iced tea. Mm-hmm. Not sweet. Yeah. Not sweet tea. Mm. Iced tea. Maybe some lemon in it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite instrument? This was a little random. Um, it was hard to come up with things. (laughs) So here's the thing. I will always love the cello. My boys both played the cello and I'm going to tell you, those were some of my favorite high school times is sitting and just watching them play. And I mean, Alex was such a good cellist that literally, I think my mom wrote in her will, you are going to play for me at my funeral. Like, straight up. Does he still play? He has it. He dabbles once in a while. But he was just, like, when he played, he played with his whole, just, soul. It was just so cool. But the sound of the cello is so great. I really like the sound of a bass. Mm -hmm. Anything that has that really deep sound, Mm -hmm. I love. Um, So, like, there is a 
bass that's a string instrument, but yeah. also like the bass in like a rock band. You yeah, know? like I the just bass love. Guitar. I just love that deep sound. Yeah. I love a a baritone, like yeah. when guys sing and they yeah. have that really deep voice. So I'm gonna back up and say, have you ever heard of Apocalyptica? Oh yeah, I love Apocalyptica. Oh, man, where they play just Metallica. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I love that stuff. Okay, so um, I knew you were my girl. Yeah. Last one. What's your favorite <laughs> interview question? And this is a little mm. too schooly no, for this me, is but great. I'll go with it. Um, my favorite interview question is. When they have to rank something in order of importance. Mm. So it's like, and this was, this is dipping back a couple of years, but it's like, what is the, what is your priority? Is it formative assessment? Um, you know, getting to know the child. Is it there? There's like five things and the people have to look at them and rank it. And, you know, like learning about their family or learning from their previous year teacher. Is it you getting involved and learning about this or is it assessing them immediately or is it before they show up finding out information about them? Like you can learn so much from mm-hmm. a person's response to that, but there's really no right answer. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I just love those kind of questions because the the person you're interviewing leaves and you're left as a group of people evaluating that specific one maybe. And it's like, hmm, you can even learn more about your own colleagues. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. So. Um, mine is going to sound weird, but I really like it when they have to come up with what they think their weaknesses are. Because mm. I think it's really telling and whether they're like, oh, that's such a hard thing to talk about. Or if they're like, oh, right Straight away, up. I know that I am bad at this. Mm-hmm. So I work at it and I'm trying to improve it. You know, you can kind of tell a lot about what a person thinks of themselves. What would you say your weakness is? Me? Yeah. Oh, on a daily basis. <laughs> right now, I would say motivation is my biggest yeah. weakness. I would never say that in an interview. Yeah. Because usually when you interview, you're wanting the job. Right. You know, and I would be motivated. <laughs> But right now, my biggest weakness is just being motivated. You have I do. Being motivated to, like, keep going with something that isn't working or to yeah. keep, um, you know, at the end of the day to keep doing that subject instead of giving free choice or whatever. Um, but it is. It's a senioritis thing yeah. for me right now. So my, <clears throat> my weakness, I would have to say, is <clears throat> not giving... My weakness, how do I want to word this, is that I am willing to sacrifice my things to help you with your thing. To, oh, I see the principal's struggling with this. Do you need my help with that? (coughs) Excuse me, I have a tickle in my throat. I legitimately have no problem getting my hands in all these pots. And I have a hard time saying no. Like, I just can't do this more. If I say, I'm sorry, I can't do that, then you've got to recognize that I'm completely maxed out. And I don't recognize that in myself very often. Yeah, I would say that's another weakness I've had, which it's a reason why I left a school a while ago, was that I felt I had gotten myself in too deep. 
Yeah, so you know, many things. Like, How do you stop? I was involved with everything <clears throat> going on in that school. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to be able to go somewhere to start fresh. Yeah. And maybe start saying no. Yeah. Like, I had to physically leave. Yeah, I did the know? same thing. Yeah. I've done the same um, thing. On an everyday basis, like, not where while I have senioritis, my biggest weakness would probably be making sure that I do, um, I take care of me. Yeah. As well <laughs> as getting everything done for school. Yeah, I mean, uh, what does that look like? I don't know, because I am totally, uh, oh, I didn't finish work. I'm bringing it home. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm going to work all day on Sunday. I'm going to do all of these things. Um, And I don't know if that was just because I wasn't good with my time or if I just was doing too much. But anyway. Yeah. But now it's totally senioritis. So let's jump to our our key I words. And I want to, can I start? Yeah, please. I want to start with intentions. Okay. Um explain so i i don't believe anyone goes to work with bad intentions i think that we always need to approach a situation whether it's with a family whether it's with a student whether it's with a noon duty or an administrator with the best of intentions you have to know that they've got to be coming with their a game too and i i want people to recognize that when you're maxed out when you're juggling 30 kids and all of their own intentions and their own family's intentions, and you're now having to address someone with an issue, I word, um, legitimately, you can forget that somebody's best intentions are on the other side of the table. And I am a person who, if a family member, if a parent emails me, Man, it's my intention to get back to you as soon as possible. Even if it's like I'm standing up, I'm leaning over my desk and I'm like, yep, I'll let him know. Thanks. Bye. And sometimes that can come across like, well, this person doesn't even have a personality. Like what did, what, how, how curt was that email? Totally not anything against me, nothing against you, but I had to go get the kids and I was in the middle of grading this and I probably was on the phone with another person and probably I had been buzzed by the office three times for different things. Somebody may have walked down the hall and like needed my support Mm -hmm. for something else. And I am sharing with you that it's important to me to get back to you as soon as possible. Got the message. Thanks. Bye. (laughs) We have to keep people's best intentions like it's kind of like saying give everybody grace but really it's not right no one's the teacher the teacher is not trying to screw up your day or to you know make you angry we're doing everything we can we know that you're doing everything you can but sometimes those wires get crossed and people on both sides of the table right have issues yeah well i mean let's look at testing Right. right um You guys know that my husband works for the district's IT department when standardized testing is online. Like there was some stuff that happened in the last couple of weeks. It wasn't IT related. It was the program related. But because people, you know, organized my day, we've reorganized our school pullouts, our testing thing has been completely remapped for our building and now we're not testing people are pissed off yeah has nothing to do with other teachers has nothing to do with it it has nothing to do with the administrators like it's the program take a deep breath right and um 
it's sad for me to hear my colleagues ticked off with IT because, well, we don't even know if we're going to be testing. It's Sunday and are we testing Monday? Well, you know what? That's not IT. Right. And it's, it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking. I mean, we're not on S's yet, but I mean, everyone needs a scapegoat, right? Like, right. (laughs) You're right. We need to add that. Yeah. I mean, it's hard when, I mean, you know, just we're all human. Yeah. So when something goes wrong, you want someone to blame. It's just part of human. Yeah. But you're right. It, it, it was not right. Yeah. Yeah. So what's our next word? Uh, whatever we want. Um, we have the internet. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's turned into a big I word, especially with the pandemic and so yeah. many things going online. Um, I had students Google me the other day oh, while I was weird. on a sub. I had a sub. I don't even know what happens when it Googles me. Yeah. So it's probably something everyone should do so they know. Huh. Don't Google me. Um, but I mean, Google I was you. thinking about this as can you imagine if we did not have the internet at this point? Oh my god. Like I Card would be, catalog for the library. I would be host. <laughs> like I don't know at this point if I could teach without Okay. So I stuff. had a sub on Wednesday. I don't have any technology when I have a sub. I yeah, don't. because you take your computer. Well, I did, but I I don't know that the technology is going to be able to work. So right. why would I leave a brand new random person to do something that requires them to project something. Nope. I just give them straight up old school things. And it seems to work. Yeah. I mean, I get that. <laughs> but could you do it on an everyday basis at this point? Um, and I'm not talking could, just but technology. it wouldn't be as effective. Yeah. It wouldn't be... It would just be slower. You know yeah, what I mean? I just feel like with... You know, teachers pay teachers and being Uh able to use things like that and being able to make slides. I mean, all those things are Internet based. And on the days when the Internet does not work. Think about our grade books. I mean, grade books, attendance, (laughs) um, being able to look up contact information for a parent. I mean, Mm -hmm. we have it somewhere else, but it's so much easier to have the Internet. Like it's just um, the Internet has had such a big impact on education. And not always in a good way. Think about all the ways that the internet has made our jobs harder, right. too. Right. I mean, kids have access to things that they really shouldn't. They have the the social media via the internet. Yeah. Where they can be, um, you know, bullying each other. Mm-hmm. There's these TikTok trends. I mean, <clears throat> the internet is this double-edged sword. Um, it's a big I word right now. Yeah. I think. For real. There was a word... Uh, And it's a Q word that we're going to get to, but it's on the internet and it's called Quillbot. And it's something that people need to be aware of because um, a fifth grade teacher came to me and was like, what do you do with plagiarism? And like, that's a huge thing, right? Yeah. Um, Well, when the student was interviewed, they said, oh, I didn't plagiarize. I just copy and pasted it into Quillbot (laughs) and it just pooped out how I should respond. So they're they're using technology. Okay, A plus to you for using technology, but where's the thought? You can't even pronounce these words, right? They're just copy and pasting it into this program and the program plops it out so that it can't be it's not plagiarized, but it's still not your own words. And that's the that's the thing is, you know, the internet has made things a little more difficult because yeah. we have to kind of tweak and change what is plagiarizing now? Because you got to know what you're saying when you're presenting, right? I mean, even though it isn't down to like our level yet, I was just reading last night about a 
an artificial intelligence that was like, you know, programmed and they've worked with it and they taught it a bunch of things to where you can type in a phrase like uh, dinosaurs on Mars and it will produce a unique piece of art. And you can also type in like, what painter do you want it done in the style of? And this AI will produce what art based on what you typed in, like just based after they've programmed it and taught it all these things. Oh my like, goodness. Things are getting a little crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like fake news. You don't even know what to believe anymore. Yeah. And there's going to be these paintings that are AI produced that aren't going by people's names, possibly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You could be someone do- taking an art class and you're like, well, crap, I'm supposed to make something like a Salvador <laughs> Dali. Right. And you just type his name in and you're like, man, I really like ice cream. Print. Ice cream, Salvador Dali. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And the picture, they were, <laughs> it showed three different things that the same AI had made based on different parameters. And they, they were all very different. That's It was so pretty crazy. cool, but also I'm going like, to have to Google that. Like the way things are going. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like. The internet could be getting people in a lot of trouble. Yeah. So we've talked about IEPs before. They're a biggie. I don't They're really huge. think we need to speak too I mean, much about probably it. the biggest part of that word at this point is individualized. I mean, just that, you know, whether it's sped or not, a lot of things we do have become individualized in the classroom. It's yeah. a big word. Yeah. I wanted to talk about one that wasn't on here. Um, yeah. Inexperience. Oh. Um, and oh. especially with, we talked in... H about people like a lot of uh, experienced teachers are moving on. Yeah. Um, We've been kind of pushed out, Mm -hmm. you know, in ways. And we're also just, we're kind of done. Yeah. Um, That it's going to become harder for inexperienced teachers to make their way Mm -hmm. through education. I feel they're not going to have as many mentors available. Um, And the only way that you can become a good teacher is by gaining that experience. A hundred percent. I mean, I don't know about you, but I felt like the college part, the classes aren't really what taught you me to be a teacher at all. Like it was all of those practicum events and then student teaching. Like I felt like I learned four years of my college in that one semester of student teaching. Right. Like, right. The only way that you can become a better teacher is by gaining experience. Well, and here's what, I mean, I had a conversation with Alex the other day, uh, and it's like, honey, you, yes, this is your third year of teaching, but you were hired in December. March was COVID. Everything shut down. Like, this really is your first year of teaching face-to-face. Like, you're a first-year teacher, right? The Canvas classes... The Zoom instruction, I mean, we have kids who showed progress, but it's not the same as being face-to-face and teaching. So, yes, 100%. And I'm so glad that you went to inexperience because, you know, we did talk last week uh, in H's about, um, you know, having people that had the deep toolboxes of of hints, tips, and tricks. And I mean, really, instructionally, we don't have people that are committed to being teachers for life. We don't have lifers. We have people who are coming in and putting it on their resume as like being in the Peace Corps for a couple of years. Yeah. Like that's, that is legit. Well, I mean, even if you look at 
man, I mean, this is, no one else is going to really know what I'm talking about. Like, we're looking for a superintendent. Yeah. And there are three candidates that are in the final countdown. One of them only has two years of teaching experience. It's like he did those two years because he had to. Yeah. Right? And now he wants to be a superintendent, like, in charge of a whole district. And it's like, just think about your beginning of your third year. Like, I felt like I was still a baby, like a baby yeah. teacher, not sure what I was going to be doing. Yeah. You know, is this I, the grade level I really want to be in? I mean, any of that. Yeah. I mean, I remember being in like my third or fourth year and feeling like, oh, man, once I hit my 10th year, I'm going to really know <laughs> I'm what I'm doing. This. And then my 10th year still, I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, like I don't feel like when you are in it and that's like what you love, like you never feel like you are. Yeah. Done. On top of everything, yeah. because you're always learning. Yeah. I mean, that inexperienced feeling stays with you. Yeah. And I'm very leery of the people that, like, are 30 and are like, oh, I could run a district. And it's like, bitch, you taught two years. Yeah. You don't know anything. Well, no, 100%. I can't even believe that our district would spend money on vetting that person. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like... Wait, is this an April Fool's joke? Well, I feel like that way when there's principals that only taught like three years or five years. Like, right. how can you know what goes on in a whole school uh-huh. when you have only three to five years under your belt? Mm-hmm. I mean, your first three years are just, you know, your lips are like on the water surface <laughs> and every now and again they like break through and you can breathe. Yeah, for real. How can you run a whole school after you you've only had your lips on the water? Not, you can't successfully. <laughs> But we can all relate to that, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's days when I feel like I can't run my classroom. <laughs> well, I mean, but here's the thing. You know, and and I'm kind of an weird amalgam of, you know, experiences. Yes. But But here's the thing. I truly have administrators' best interest. I, I want to back my administrator because they are who people go to if they can't if they're not satisfied with my answer they go to my administrator like that's chain of command my wholehearted support goes to my administrator but when your administrator hasn't even taught elementary or hasn't even led elementary or has never done sixth grade has never worked in our community has never like I wasn't the principal, but for 21 years, I was the teacher in charge. Like, if the principal's in a meeting, noon duties came to me. Families would come to me. By the time their kid was from kindergarten, by the time their kid was a sixth grader, I've interacted with many of the population. And, you know, just in the administrative role, I would wholeheartedly, and you know this, this is another one of my... Yes, ma'am, I'll do it. I'll help you. Things where I can't say no. I legitimately (laughs) have put my hand out and said, I will help you. Do you need me to proofread your letters? Do you need me to proofread dates and times? Is there something else I can do to take something off your plate? And I think administrators look at me like, I'm offended that you're asking me this because you think you can do my job better. That's not it. I just right. want to announce this. I do not want that job. But for crying out loud, like, yeah. do your job. Right. Yeah. And and from the legitimacy pr- perspective, like, if I know there's something that is legally 
inept that's happening. Or if I know I now am part of the problem if I'm not trying to help solve it because I now have the accountability of like, hey, I brought it to your attention six months ago. I've asked the question three times and there's now a tr- paper yeah, trail of nine emails. It, right? what, if, if something were to happen, I legitimately now am part of the problem. And mm-hmm. that's where I... I, and I think that's the 20, almost 26 years of experience. Well, and your integrity. A hundred percent. That's the last one I really wanted to yeah. talk about was, you know, we are. Keep going. You're good. We're, Sorry. we're legitimately integral parts of our community. Oh, 100%. And we have to have that integrity. We have to as leaders in our classroom and to our families. I mean, we're not just leaders in the classroom. Nope. To our 25, 27, 37, 20 kids, whatever. We're leaders for those families. I remember as a first year sixth grade teacher, I had a two-year-old at home and I was newly pregnant. And legitimately, these people with 10, 11, 12-year-olds were looking at me like, how do I get him to do his homework? Right. And I'm like, fuck, I have no clue. I don't, I have a baby. Like, I've never done this before. So you have to take on your professional thing has to be who you become. Yeah. You have to, you know, if your life is falling apart, you show up at work, put that in the trunk. you got to block that out and you have kids to teach. Yep. And we have to always put on that integral integrity i'm gonna do what i can face yeah even you when have to wear being, your teacher hat yeah and the teacher hat sometimes is like dripping with sweat and blood oh, and tears completely <laughs> and snot and vomit from <laughs> other kids <laughs> yeah i mean integrity is key if your families look at you and be like i'm never gonna trust her then you're never gonna get that kid You're never going to have that kid literally put in the extra time to get your work done. Ask the tough questions because they're hearing bad conversation about you at home. Those kids are now internalizing what they're hearing. Oh, yeah. Kids hear everything. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. No doubt about it. No, no. I mean, I could tell very inappropriate stories about some things kids have questions about because... They're hearing it at mm-hmm. home, and it's like, ooh, that's not something we talk about at school. So, I've loved this alphabet countdown. Me too. I think it has been, I don't know. like It spices it's been, up our topics. It spices level. it up. It really has led a good structure to it. Yeah. And we've been talking about some things that we wouldn't, we wouldn't have enough to talk about in a full episode. Right. Like, on just that one topic, but we yeah. get to talk about it some. Yeah. And there are some letters I'd like to go back to at some point. We might Absolutely. have to do a 2.0. Yeah, square or something. Something. Um, the other thing in clo- in closing, I love the fact that we're realizing how these letters really interact with the other letters. Yes, we've had a lot of crossover. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and it's I mean it's kind of like consonant blends, right? <laughs> yeah, we might have to do some of those. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we love you. <laughs> Thanks for stopping in with us today. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.